0: The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. And now, this week's episode of The Monster in the Mirror.
1: I learned an important lesson from my exchange with Mr. Alex Jones. Never trust a man whose neck veins are thicker than his thumbs. Anyway, after sampling Mr. Jones's hemoglobin, I moved on to another luminary of the 21st century. Mr. Tucker Carlson. So
2: last week in the Wall Street Journal, there was a kind of remarkable op-ed stating as clearly as anyone has ever stated the nature of the threat that we face from China. The op-ed was written by someone who would know more intelligence before him than anyone on the globe apart from the president. We're happy to have him on tonight.
1: Tucker, I'm happy to share my intelligence with one of the greatest newscasters in the game seen anyone use such a grating voice to such a persuasive effect. Really? Yes, really, and that's a great example of what I'm talking about. Anyway, let's talk about my op-ed. Are the Chinese an ancient race of shape-shifting lizards? I don't have the answers yet, but my point is, we won't get any if we don't ask questions.
2: It made me wonder why the rest of us haven't been saying this for quite some time. You make it sound obvious.
1: Yeah, all I'm saying is it's entirely reasonable to ask whether the Chinese were grown on a planet 4 billion miles away and then sent to conquer the Earth through a combination of lab-grown viruses and an innate propensity for breeding, a natural talent for communism, and, you know, Uh, being good at math and stuff.
2: The most jarring part of the piece, I thought, was your description of the massive ramp-up of the Chinese military. And from your telling, not necessarily for defensive purposes, what do you think their aim is?
1: Well, Tucker, after careful reflection and sifting through the evidence, I think it's pretty clear. China wants to put all white Christians in an intergalactic zoo. In fact, there's actually a rumor online that they wanted to put you specifically in a cage with Matt Walsh. That's horrifying. Oh, I know. I mean, it's unconfirmed. Do you
2: think Beijing anticipates some kind of physical confrontation with the United States in in the next several years?
1: Undoubtedly. Tucker, that's why I'm calling for a massive ramp-up of America's military. Not necessarily for defensive purposes, if you know what I mean. I'm saying we should blow China away, is what I'm saying. Thank you for helping to wake people up. Well, thank you for doing your part to fight the yellow danger. That's an adorable bow tie, by the way. Oh me guess.
0: It's hard to believe it took me three years of living in New York to learn not to antagonize strangers on the subway. But sometimes, experience is the mother of wisdom. Back in 2011, I was riding the subway early in the morning. Nearby, a passenger had somehow managed to tune into Fox News on his portable radio. And I knew that because he wasn't wearing headphones. Somehow assuming that this man would be open to friendly chastisement, I asked him if he wouldn't mind turning down the volume. Big mistake. Almost immediately, he got up and started stalking up and down the subway, ranting about how the country was going to the dogs. Then he pointed at me and accused me of being a Chinese spy whom Obama had let into the country. I wasn't sure whether to be scared or amused. Thankfully, he got off at the next stop and, so far as I know, never reported me to the NSA. Over a decade later, the rise of anti-Asian hate makes my subway harasser seem positively genteel in comparison. In its last national report, Stop AAPI Hate estimated that it had received 11,500 separate reports of anti-Asian harassment between March 2020 and March 2022. While two-thirds of those incidents were verbal, One in six also involved physical violence. That's almost 2,000 incidents of pushing and kicking. And these are just the incidents that have been reported. Language barriers combined with shame mean that elderly Asians are much less likely to speak out about their suffering. As a result, half of surveyed Asian Americans reported that they do not feel safe going out. The highly visible deaths of people such as Christina Yuna Lee, ...have only compounded the fear. Followed by a man who forced his way into our apartment... What does any of this have to do with Christian nationalism? A lot. Dr. Andrew Whitehead, whom I interviewed in the first episode... ...found in a 2020 study, along with Dr. Samuel Perry... ...that Christian nationalism strongly correlated to the belief... ...that there was nothing racist about calling COVID-19 the Chinese virus... It's quite clear that the cult of Trump all but guaranteed that his disciples would mimic his racist response to COVID. Still, Trump isn't the only reason for what I call sanctified Sinophobia today. The notion that China particularly poses a threat to white Christianity goes back to the 19th century, when a runaway bestseller played a key role in making Sinophobia central to white Christian nationalism as we know it. M.P. Shields, The Yellow Danger. Thanks for listening to this free preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a Straight White American Jesus Premium Subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. It'll take you like two clicks, I promise. In addition to getting access to this episode, I'm mm-hmm.